you receive the WhatsApp, anybody, right by show me, how many people received the WhatsApp yesterday? Okay, one person. Danny, are you on my WhatsApp list? You don't yeah. have one. No, no, I have three different WhatsApp groups. One's called the Monday Night Shear. Anyway, so the title of the shear is Kiddush Hashem. The title of the shear is Kiddush Hashem. Kiddush Hashem, sanctifying the name of God. And to understand that idea in the context of the parsha, Because it is in this week's parsha that the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, of sanctifying the name of God, appears in its most classical format. So let's take a look. Let's read the text and then the context of the mitzvah. And uh, I hope to share with you some very poignant and beautiful ideas. You know, whenever you look at a parsha, sometimes you wonder, like, what, what speaks out to you? So this mitzvah, this mitzvah, Kiddush Hashem, is something that's very unbelievably powerful, and uh, it's something for us to think about in, in life and beyond life. There are many Jews, there are many Jews who, a good way of keeping the shear down is by locking the fence. You can, uh, great if we can open it. Daniel, you keep it open? Um, so, the, the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem is framed in chapter 22. Chapter 22 in Parsha of Emor. Parsha of Emor begins with the laws having to do with Kohanim, the laws of Kohanim. And the, um, the Parsha the, the parasha um, tells us that the Kohen is obligated the Kohen is obligated to lead a different type of lifestyle than the rest of Klai Yisrael. Kohen is not allowed to become impure tame to a mace to a dead body. Kohen is not allowed to marry a divorcee. Kohen Gadol is not allowed to marry a um, a widow. Um, there are Gongadol uh, is um, obligated to marry a virgin of the Sula. There are many halachas having to do with Kohen. In fact, one of the contemporary challenges of of the modern Jewish life is, you know, a Kohen who wants to get married, so it's, that restricts his choices. And so, very often, you find. Unfortunately, in modern day situations where somebody says, well, you know, what well, used to be coin, but I'm not really coin anymore. I, you know, it was, it was a mistake. You know, the whole thing was a mistake. You know, I didn't, my father didn't mean it. He was just lying. You, know, you have stories like that, a lot of stories like that, unfortunately. So, um, then the Torah tells us, after the Torah goes into the laws of Kohanim, the Torah says that on page 674, the Torah says, verse 16 that there are laws of mumim laws of blemishes that even if you're a Kohen and you have Kedushas Kohen you have the sanctity of a Kohen nevertheless in order to serve in the Mishkan or the Beis HaMikdash there are certain physical blemishes that will disqualify you certain physical blemishes that disqualify you and that's a whole list it's a whole list here of uh, the physical blemishes um, which of course is a difficult concept because we believe in a very very deep way that uh, physical blemishes uh, shouldn't uh, hold anybody back so what's that idea at a deep level so that's perhaps for a different time then the Torah says um, even though 
even though they are these kohanim that have blemishes are not allowed to serve, nevertheless they can still eat. They still have kedusha. They still can eat from the karbonos. If you look at pasuk kaveis, verse twenty-two, lechem elokav yocha. They can still eat the holy of holy karbonos. They're still allowed to. Um, they're still allowed to eat whatever carbonos are necessary they can eat, not a problem um, but they may not serve in the Beis HaMikdash, they may not do Avodah, and then it says at the end this is really a key point that we'll focus on in a moment, it says Velo yechalel es Mikdashai end of verse 23 because if they were to serve if they were to serve in the Beis HaMikdash then they will have been mechalel my migdash, mechalel my migdash, which has an implication of taking away kedusha. The word chol, the word chol, means weekday. The word chol means mundane, chulin, something that is not consecrated, versus kachim, which is consecrated. So velo yechalelas migdashai, that if a person a Kohen who is a Baal Mum if he has a blemish a, a disqualifying blemish if the Kohen were to serve then the, that which he does the carbon that he brings is um, the halacha is it is puzzle it is invalid he's, being, he's desecrating my Migdash so we have a terminology of being mechalel the Mikdash to desecrate the place of Kedusha. That is mechalel the Mikdash. That's the end of chapter 21. Yeah? The end of chapter 21. So, if you go a little bit further on, go a little bit further on, so then the Torah says in chapter 22, chapter 22, Shem says to Moshe, tell Aaron, that even if you're a Kohen, um, even if you're a Kohen, if you're Tameh, right, if you're Tameh, if you're impure, um, you also can't serve in the Mikdush. And if you do, um, that also is going to be um, going to be a chilul, a profaning of my profaning of my Kedusha. And that's what it says in verse 2. They shouldn't profane my holy name. How, how would they do that? By bringing sacrifices when they are tummy, when they are impure. So again, this idea of profaning, right? Then, then the Torah says, skipping a, a little bit, the Torah says that the Kohanim have to make sure to preserve this place, to make sure that they don't eat that they don't eat the carbonos and the truma when they are tamay when they are impure and the Torah says in verse 9 chapter 22 verse 9 v'shamru es mishmarti v'lo yis'u alav chet u'meisubo ki yechaleluhu ani Hashem ikanisham and they should guard they should guard my boundaries, which Rashi explains to mean they shouldn't even eat truma, which is a certain consecrated type of of grains that's meant for the Kohanim. They can't eat it. 
They can't eat it if they're tummy. And if they do, they will incur a heavenly death penalty. Ki yechaleluhu, because they are profaning. They are profaning um, my mishmeret. They are profaning my, my, my boundaries. Okay? Then the Torah says, then the Torah says as follows. Okay, just working through the verses. Working through the verses. Chapter 22, verse 17, 18. Shem says to Moshe, Tell Aaron and his children that when you bring sacrifices, when you bring sacrifices, uh, make sure that, that the sacrifices don't have any blemishes. That is verse 20. That the sacrifices, that the animals don't have any blemishes. And verse 21 Verse 21, chapter 22. And when a person brings the sacrifice, right, make sure it's, there's, no, there's no blemish, as we said before. And it lists the blemishes. It lists the blemishes. And it mentions um, in verse 25, and make sure that you don't take from a Gentile um, a sacrifice which has a blemish, which has a blemish. In other words, Goyim also have this same halach without going into details. Why? Ki mashchasam bahem mumbam. Verse 25, chapter 22, verse 25. Don't take any blemished animals because mashchatam bahem. Because there's corruption in them. There's a, it's, it's, it's perverse. Don't take any blemished animals. Then, we're almost at the point, almost getting to the key point. Then the Torah says, Shem says to Moshe, that when you want to bring an animal, make sure you wait seven days. On the eighth day, you can bring it as a carbon. Make sure in verse 28 that you don't bring the mother and the, and the child on the same day. Make sure that you don't leave over the, this, the sacrifice, the carbon toda. And then in verse 31, the Torah says once again, You should keep my mitzvot. So until now, if I were to ask you, what is the topic of Parshas Emor? In a big picture, what's the topic? Feel free to respond to this point. What's that? Kohanim. Karbonos. Karbonos. Right? Let's say, let's try to hone in a little bit. The proper protocol, yeah, the proper etiquette of the Kohen in terms of serving in the Mishkan slash Beis He can't be Tommy. He can't have blemishes. He has to make sure that the animals don't have any blemishes, right? He has to make sure that he's not married to the wrong people. He needs to preserve the Kedusha, the sanctity of himself. Of the, of the animal and of the space. Right? He needs to preserve the sanctity. And then the Torah mentions at the very end of this whole section and make sure that he adheres to the time that the animal isn't brought before it's the right time. So it's almost as if the, it's almost as if we have the classic three as we've said before. The right time because there are three realms of Kedusha. There's time there's space slash place, right? And there's a human being. 
So make sure that the coin has the proper Kedusha, Kedusha Sa'adam. Make sure that the space, the Mishkan, the Mikdash, has the proper Kedusha. You're not mitame the Mikdash. You don't bring Tumah into the temple. Right? Make sure that the Karbanos, right, are properly holy. And make sure that the time, that you, that you are adhering to the proper time restrictions, that the animal is not too young to be brought as a sacrifice. Make sure you keep all of that stuff. Okay, so far it's very like very limited to Kohen and Beis Hamikdash. Very limited to Kohen and Beis Hamikdash. Now comes the Torah and says as follows. Now comes the Torah and says as follows. Below sechalalu eshem kachi, and you should not, you should not profane my holy name. Who's you? Until now, who have we been talking to? The Kohen. But now all of a sudden, it's something else. It's, it's everybody. everybody. You should not profane my holy name. And let me be sanctified amidst Yisrael. I am Hashem who made you holy. Who took you out of Egypt. To be for you a God, Ani Hashem. And then we move to the rest of the story. Okay, to quote, to quote Paul Harvey. Okay, and uh, we move to the rest of the story, which is all about the holidays. The, the Moadim and the rest of Emor is all about the holidays of Klai Yisrael. <laughs> and so the question that we, we need to talk about, the most fundamental question is, why does the Torah in the middle of, sort of like, in the nexus point, when it's talking about Kohanim on the one hand, and then holidays on the other hand, in the middle, right, sort of like perched, almost perfectly, perched perfectly in the middle, does the Torah move to this mitzvah of what's called Kiddush Hashem, or it's really, really in two ways. Don't be Mechalel Shem Shamayim, don't profane God's name. We didn't even talk about how to define this term. And it says, And let me be sanctified What is this mitzvah doing here? Right, bef- right after the Kohanim? Right before the Moadim? And in the middle, right after it talks about the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, it says, And I took you out of Egypt. Like, I, I've known that already. We've seen that before. That God took us out of Egypt. What does that have to do with the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem? So that's like a very fundamental question. Before we get into sort of like figuring out the nitty-gritty, what is the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem? What is that mitzvah of this is a This is not as well known. I mean, there are some classic definitions of Kiddush Hashem. Some people think Kiddush Hashem is that when you go on a bus and you have a Gentile driver, that you don't leave trash. That's what I was taught every single, every single... Uh, school trip when I was in elementary school the principal would come in I say it was my father the assistant principal would come in and he would say remember boys you might be totally 100% irreverent um, completely and totally disrespectful in the school but you know what happens in school stays in school <laughs> right but, you know, once you're going outside, remember to act like you really aren't. Right? Remember, remember to take the garbage and put it into the, 
Because that's the biggest Chilashem. The truth is, as we will see, there is an element of that as well. We'll get to that. But that is not the classic mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem and Hashem. Certainly that, that is included on a basic level. But what is the... Anybody know what's the classic mitzvah? The classic mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. Keeping the Shabbat, no? Nope. That's a beautiful thing. The classic mitzvah. Let, let me read the Rambam to you. Okay? Let me read the Rambam to you. The Rambam says... This is, this is a very, very basic idea. The Rambam says the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem goes as follows. The Rambam appears in a few places. There are two famous places in the Rambam. The Sefer Mitzvos. Rambam wrote a book of mitzvahs, Mitzvah Tess, and in the Laws of the Fundamentals of Torah, chapter 5. So the Rambam says, Kol Beis Yisrael, all of the house of Israel, Mitzvah Kiddush Hashem Agadol. They are commanded upon the mitzvah of sanctifying the great name of God. Shenemar, as it says, V'nikdashti b'soch b'nei Yisrael. And I am... I am Sanctified amidst Klal Yisrael, Umuz Harin, and they are commanded not to profane God's name. As it says, do not profane my holy name. Ketzer, what's the example? So the Rambam says, when the Gentile comes, the Yanos is Israel, and he forces a Jew. To violate any of the mitzvahs of the Torah, or O Yahargenu, or he will kill him. The halacha is, he should violate the Avera rather than give up his life. As it says, v'chai Live by the mitzvot. However, however, this is true except for the big three. V'shar mitzvot. Chutz me'avodas kocham negilarai sashrichas damim. Idolatry, adultery slash incest and murder. Aval sholosh averis elu. These three sins. If they say to him, if they say to him, either if they say to him, either violate these averos or we'll kill you. The law is, as is well known, you have to give up your life. You have to give up your life. And the Rambam says that's the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. That's what's known as the big three. Yehoreg va'al ya'avor. The Rambam continues. You've heard of this. This is very famous. The Rambam continues and he says, If a person says, I want to be strict, they put a gun to my head and say, either keep Shabbos or we'll kill you. Either violate Shabbos rather or we'll kill you. So the Rambam says, can a person be machmir? Can a person be strict and say, you know what? Kill me. Right? You know the, the famous story about the rabbi, the chazin, and the president that were kidnapped and brought to a desert island. And the terrorist said, we're going to kill you, but we'll grant you your last wish. So the rabbi says... You know, I have a lot of sermons that I haven't yet said. Well, whole, I, have, I have file cabinets of, un, of, un, of unsermonized sermons. I hate that word, sermons. I only use it for jokes. Um, I have unbelievable amount of, of homiletical and philosophical and 
and I want to say them all first. Then kill me. And then the chazin, cantor, what about you? Because listen, you know, I, I write the songs. I write the songs. There are a lot of unsung songs that I've yet to perform. Let me do that. Let me do that, and then you'll kill me. Then they went to the president of the synagogue and said, what, what do you wish? What did he say, Danny? Kill me first. Kill me first. Kill me now. Kill me now. Kill me now. So even though even even though everybody knew the joke, it's still very gishmak. So the so so the, the halacha the Rambam says is you can't say kill me first. You're not allowed to. The Rambam says machlok as we shown you. Question in the commentary. The Rambam says you may not. Uh, the halacha is that a person is. The mitzvah of a is operative until what? Until, until the big three come. Then the Rambam says, stay with me a little bit more. Then the Rambam says that there are other, there are other rules. There are other rules. Another rule is that if there are ten Jews that are watching, or even if ten Jews know about it, even if they're not watching, then a person has to give up his life even if it's not one of the big three even if it's not one of the big three just like Hananya, Mishael, the Azaria the famous big, the famous three people in the context of Nebuchadnezzar who said to them either what? either either um, either bow down to this statue which very likely was not idolatry or, right, throw, go, into the, go into the furnace. Go into the furnace. And they went into the furnace. And the Rambam says, And the Rambam then tells us that... Um, one more, one more detail. Okay, one more detail. That there are, there is a time known as Shas Hagzera or Shas Hashmad, and Shas Hashmad is Shas Hashmad is that the that the government or the culture wants you to vi- to convert. In that case, any one of the mitzvos, any one of the mitzvos. You have to give up your life. So there are three basic conditions. Either the big three, or it's in front of ten Jews, or it's a time of Shmad of Gezerah. This is the classic definition of Kiddush Hashem. And then the Rambam says, if a Jew is able, if a Jew is able to, to escape, Ve'eno Osef, he's able to escape, and he doesn't do so, he's Kekelev Shav Al-Kiyo. That if a, if a Jew is able to... Avoid. Um, excuse me. So what, 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 one more point. The Rambam says. The Rambam says. And if a Jew doesn't give up his life, if a Jew doesn't give up his life, in other words, they put the gun to his head and they say, "Worship idols. Us will kill you." And he worships idols. So normally speaking, if a person worships idols, what's the halacha? That's considered to be a capital crime. Right? Avodah Zarah is one of the capital crimes. So the Rambam says that We're supposed to give up his life. But he doesn't do that. 
such a person has profaned the name of God. That's a Chil Hashem. Vim Hoya Basarim Yisrael, if there were ten Jews, Hareza Chil Hashem Barabin, that's profaning God's name in public. Ubito Mitzvah Sasein, he's nullified the positive mitzvah, Shukidish Hashem. And nevertheless, the Allah is that if he did it, we don't put him to death. He doesn't get any lashes. I mean, he was forced to do it. We don't give him lashes. So isn't that interesting? On the one hand, he hasn't committed a capital crime. On the other hand, he has to give up his life. If you're going to tell me the reason why he has to give up his life is what? It's because it's a, the, severity of the, the severity of the action. It's because he's doing a terrible action. That's why. But you see from the Ram, that's not the case. Why do I say that? Because the Ram says if a person gives up his if a person what? If a person doesn't give up his life, rather what? Rather he violates the Avera of violates the Avera of Avodah He commits idolatry under duress. What does the Ram say? No punishment. What did he do? A terrible Avera. Chil Hashem. But it's not considered to be a capital crime. It's not considered to be that he worshipped idols. Because that was done forcibly. Coercion. Under duress. So then, isn't that a little bit of a, I can ask a, a bit of a, sort of a catch-22 paradox. So then if it's not considered to be a terrible crime, if it's not considered to be a capital crime, why does he have to give up his life in the first place for it? Right? You hear the question? Very, very significant question. So let's leave that question to the side for a moment. Then let me just give you two more definitions of the Rambam's world view of Kiddush Hashem. Two more definitions. Number two. So the first one is the big three, or all the other Averos, if it's in front of ten Jews. By the way, where do we get the ten Jews from? Again, you can talk a lot about these mitzvahs. We get the ten Jews from this Pasuk. Because the, the, the Torah says, in verse 32, You shall be sanctified amidst B'nai Yisrael. B'toch B'nai Yisrael. And the Gemara derives that B'toch B'nai Yisrael actually means ten Jews. How does the Gemara get it from? Because the Gemara connects it to the spies. There were ten wicked spies. And again, I can't go into all the details, but the Gemara has a, what's called a Gzeir Shabbat of Toch, Toch, and Eida, Eida. And Eida is the term that's used by the ten spies. And then we take that phrase, Eida, and we borrow it and we apply it to another Pasuk, like Korach, and then it says Toch, and whatever. But the bottom line is, <coughs> the bottom line is, that it, there's a mitzvah of ten Jews. That when there are ten, that when there, that when there are when there are ten Jews that are present, when there are ten Jews that are present, the halacha is, you have to give up your life rather than what? Rather than violate the Avera. Now, the Rambam has two other definitions. Two other definitions of the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem Echel Hashem. Let me read you what the Rambam says. Very interesting, very important idea. The Rambam says, Kol HaOver, listen carefully, very amazing Rambam. Kol HaOver, Midaito Belowness. Anybody who violates an Avera without being coerced. And he does it with anger. God, this one's for you. Lahachis. Bishat Nefesh. He does it with a with a rebellion, a pesha. Hashem. Such a person is called a God profaner. In other words, Abosai, if a person violates an Avera, 
If a person violates an Avera, that's not called the Chil Hashem. In a, in a classical sense. If you violate an Avera, Lahachis, you do it to anger God. Just, you, don't have, you don't have a Yetahar for it. It's one thing, what? It's one thing, right? If you are, you know, a uh, person is they're looking at a very unbelievable piece of prime rib, which is treif. Okay, that's a, uh, you know, that's a, you know, that's a yetzahara of taiva. But epis, if it's like, you know, a McDonald's, uh, you know, that can, that can only be lahachis. <laughs> you know, again, I'm sure people here might know, but we don't need to go into the details. But the point is, the point is that if it's done to anger the Rebbe Shalom, then that's considered a chil Hashem. And that's why the Pasuk says, by, a, by an oath, don't make a false oath intentionally. And you are profaning the name of God because that, why would a person make a false oath intentionally? That is only, can only be, or at least primarily could be in order to just be a rebel. It means that you don't really care at all. Right? So, that's a second definition. So, but every chil Hashem has a kiddush Hashem. So what's the flip side of that definition? Here's an amazing thing. So if I do a mitzvah, or if I don't do an Aveira, that's not a kiddush Hashem. But if I have a huge Yetzahara to do the Aveira, and I overcome the huge Yetzahara, for example, classic in Torah, the Ramam gives this example, but this is the classic example of the one who had a huge Yetzahara to commit an Aveira in Chumash, Yosef HaTzadik, and you overcome your taiva. So let's, in other words, you see how it's a flip side of the same definition? Achil Hashem is you do an Avera without any taiva. You do an Avera without any desire. It's just lahachis. And a Kiddush Hashem is what? A Kiddush Hashem, the Rabbim says, is what? Is when you overcome your unbelievable taiva. And you serve God without taiva. <laughs> you serve God, di- desire. The ta'ava. With that. Without desire, it's the Hebrew language, but it's it's uh, you know properly distorted by, by me. So so you you serve God without desire. You serve God beyond desire because it's the right thing to do. That's the second definition of Kiddush Hashem. And then the Rambam has a third definition. And the third definition, the Rambam says, very very interesting, very interesting. The Rambam says. It's interesting, the Rambam, whenever he defines it, he talks about the first, the negative, and then the positive. Why does that? I don't know. You have to think about it. But the Rambam says that, for example, let's say a person is a great Jew. He's known as a pious Jew. And he does something that, that, which aren't Averos. They're not Averos, but people talk about it. Right? For example, he, he hangs out in the bars. Yarbe um, b'schok, he just speaks frivolously. He goes, he hangs out, he chills at a Super Bowl party. Or he doesn't have patience. He doesn't what? He doesn't receive people with a pleasing countenance. He doesn't speak. I mentioned that before. He doesn't speak in a certain pleasant way. Or he has anger. So the more a person is greater in the eyes of the people, then the more potential for Chilol Hashem. And so too the other way. Right? If a person, the Rambam says, if a person is always, if he's viewed as a, as a great Torah scholar, 
and he speaks pleasantly and he accepts people with a pleasing countenance and when he gets insulted he doesn't respond and he honors people even if they don't deserve honor and his business is beyond reproach and he doesn't hang out and chill at the Super Bowl parties Ram doesn't say exactly Super Bowl right and right and, and, and he is what and he always acts lifnim mishura sadin and everybody looks at him and say oh this is what a Jew looks like and they want to be like him the Rambam says such a person is doing a Kiddush Hashem the Yomarli Avdi Ata you are Hashem will say about such a person you are my servant Yisrael Hashem you are a Jew whom I can take great pride in so it's interesting three definitions of Kiddush Hashem one is I would say one is I would say a very defined rigid sort of plug in which Havera which Mitzvah it has to do with what? It has to do, we would say, on a very basic level, has to do with the level of the level of seriousness in terms of the breach. Or even if it's less of an Aveira, but it's in front of ten people, or it's a time of, of great of, of, of religious coercion. The second definition is nothing to do with objective realities. It has to do with my subjective, my subjective, my subjective persona. Am I angry at God? Or am I able to overcome all my ta'ava in order to serve Hashem even though it's hard? That's a very subjective reality, but nevertheless, it has to do with a mitzvah in Aveira. And then the third definition, which is where the, which is where the trash fits in, right? Which is where that, that's the trash definition, right? Where a, a Jew who's, who, who trashes the bus, right? So it's not that every Jew is a Tamil Chacham, but in, re, in reference to what's out in the world, the Jew is on stage. So you're being, you're, your actions are being compared. So therefore, if you are, if you are a, an identifiable Jew, so you have to act in a certain way. Otherwise, you're going you're gonna to sell God short. You're going to profane His name. These are the Rambam's three definitions. But of course, what I want to explore with you is how do we come to one overarching definition of Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem to understand the Rambam's words. So that's a second question I want to pose with you. Give me one moment. And the third, the third point I want to discuss with you. Again, the first is figuring out the context, how it fits in. The second is how to come to a unified definition of Kiddush HaKel Hashem. And the third um, point, by the way, we're learning a lot about Kiddush HaKel Hashem in the context of this. We, haven't, we just uh, didn't get to the, some of the answers yet. But we're learning a lot now about the inyanim of Kiddush HaKel Hashem. And the third point to try to sort of figure out, to understand in a deep, in a deep way, um, is this mitzvah, or this idea of Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem, that the Rambam, that the Rambam talks about, that fits into the context of the parasha. On the one hand, it's holidays. On the other hand, it's sacrifice, and it's mamish in the middle. This mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, Chil Hashem, it is considered to be in the language of the Gemara in Yuma, the greatest Avera possible. There is, no, there is no other Avera that, according to the Gemara, is unchuvaable. The Gemara says in Masechah Yuma, amazing, amazingly scary Gemara, the Gemara says in Yuma, that all Averos, 
All Averos, you can do two before. In this world. Language of the Gemara. Yuma, Yuma, and page 80, Yuma, page 80, Eighty-five B. The Gemara says that sorry, yeah. The Gemara says on page eighty-six A that. If a person violated a positive mitzvah and did tshuva, it's gone. A person violated a negative mitzvah and did tshuva, tshuva works, Yom Kippur gets rid of it. Gotta wait till Yom Kippur. A person violates a capital crime and does tshuva, tshuva, Yom Kippur, and suffering. But somebody who violated, does the Aver of Chil Hashem, tshuva, not Yom Kippur, not suffering, none of that works until... Until the end of a person's life with death, that can be removed. Shenemar and he quotes a pasuk in Yeshayahu. Quotes a pasuk in Yeshayahu. So, what is the severe strictness of this Avera of Chil Hashem? More than forbidden relations, more than idolatry. Amazing thing. Just as an aside, a parenthetical comment, as an aside, which really requires its own shear, is that the Rabbeinu Yonah and the Rabbeinu Bechaye, two great Rishonim, both say that there is one way to undo Chil Hashem. And it's very good to know this. It's very good to know this. Because if you ever feel like you profane the name of God, you need to know this. And listen to what, the, listen to what they say. Very important comment. Now the Rambam doesn't say this, but it definitely works according to Rabbeinu Yonah and... And they have a very strong source. Avinu Bechaye says, he quotes this idea, very important to know, as follows. As follows. He quotes the statement of Chazal that Yom Kippur doesn't atone for not tshuva, not suffering. It's got to be a combination of everything with death. He says, but there is one thing. Because the Pasuk says... Which means, Chazal say, if a person sinned Lashon Hara, if they sin by speaking Lashon Hara, let them be involved in Torah. Use the mouth in Torah. If a person sinned with their eyes, they looked at the wrong things, let them cry. In quotes a Pasuk. If a person um, did bundles of Averos, let them do bundles of mitzvos. If a person ran to do evil, let him run to do mitzvos. If a person's hands spilled innocent blood, let him put tefillin on his hands and give tzedakah to Aniyim. And then Chazal say, and if a person, if a person 
were mech, was mechalel shem shamayim, the person was mechalel shem shamayim, then the way to undo that is misor atzmecha lekadesh eshemi. You should give everything up to sanctify my name. Misor atzmecha lekadesh eshemi. So okay, that that's a very good question. That's a very good question. Again, the Rabbeinu Bachaya says, Rabbeinu says that what? That if a person wants to undo the mitzvah of Chil Hashem, the way to do it is, the way to do it is that you can, that you can do the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. Do the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. So that's an amazing, amazing idea. Because if you ever feel like you walked, you did something wrong, and because of that you profane the name of God in public, you got to go out of your way to be mekadesh shem That's a very important idea. Okay, so let me let's try to. I don't have that much time. I want to end in about ten minutes, um, but let's try to let's try to put this together. Let's try to put this together. So first of all, Dan, you had you had a statement. You had something to say. Just <coughs> definition of the Rambam, yeah. Yeah, when you began. You read the Evidezer there? You have to, that's, that's not what the Evidezer is saying, but it sounds like that, but I, I can't do that now. It, it starts with Kohanim. Yeah, no, that's, I'm glad you read the Ebenezer. That's a very good point. Um, but, but, so let, let, let's use that as an as a, as a interesting um, point of departure. So we started off the Shabbos. What does that do with the context? What does that have to do with the, with the broader context of Kohanim? What's Kohanim have to do with anything here? So let me read to you. Let me share with you a, a two or three approaches. Okay, two or three basic ideas to address that issue. What does Kiddush Hashem have to do with the broader context here? So comes, comes the Sforno. And the Sforno says, You Jews saw how demanding I am of the Kohanim. That when the Kohanim are bringing sacrifices, they have to do it bishlemus. That they have to do it with a perfection. Imkein atem amikudashim laleches bidrachai. You who are sanctified to go in my ways, al techalalu Hashem kachi bepeulos chaseros umigunos keinyan vayovol agoyim ashabo shama bechalu Hashem kachi. The the Svarno says that the Svarno says that you have to be careful. You have to be careful. Just like I demand of the Kohanim, just like I demand of the Kohanim that they should be do things with perfection and completion, <coughs> so too I demand of all of Klai Yisrael. <coughs> you are mikudashim, you are sanctified to go in darchei Hashem. In other words, if I'm reading the Sfarna correctly, the Sfarna is saying this is not about Kohanim. This is actually the Sfarna is saying you are all Kohanim. As Hashem says at Har Sinai, "Va'atem tiyu li mamleches kohanim." You're all kohanim. So, in the middle of discussing kohanim, Hashem turns his attention to all of Kaiyus and says, "You're all kohanim," and I demand perfection from you also. 
just like from the carbonos, there can be no blemishes in the animal because there has to be a perfection. You should take pride in your mitzvahs. Don't do half-baked mitzvahs. Now this is a little bit scary because many of us do half-baked mitzvahs and you know, there are many midrashim that say that every mitzvah is a malach but sometimes the malach you know, is missing a hand and a foot and it's not so good, right? But the Indian of, the Indian of doing a mitzvah b'shleimus that's how the Sforno explains what's going on here. When we do mitzvahs we have to try to it's not so much the quantity but do the mitzvah in its totally perfect and beautiful way that's a very big Indian that's how the Sforno explains the Nitziv the Nitziv says something very powerful here the Nitziv says and I mentioned this this morning the Nitziv says that there's a mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem which immediately is followed by the holidays and it's preceded by the sacrifices so the Nitziv says what's that, what does that have to do with anything? So the Nitziv says, you know, that when you look at non-Jews and the way they hang out in the holidays, holidays by the non-Jews could be pretty, um, pretty loose, right? And the Nitziv says that when a Jew is celebrating, they have to be very careful. He quotes a Gemara. The Gemara says, the Gemara says in Kedushin on page 81, Sakva deshata rigla, that, that, that the low point of the year can be the holidays. The low point of the year can be the holidays. Why? Because, you know, there are a lot of men, a lot of women, they're hanging out together, there's the Beis HaMikdash, but then there's the room before the Beis HaMikdash. You know, we, we used to, when Rosh Hashanah, when I was growing up, there was this big Tashlich scene. A big Tashlich, because you know, when you, when you go to the river on Rosh Hashanah and you say the thing, you know, and you theoretically throw your sins throw your sins into the river. So, so, so my, my Rebbeim never, never let us go to the Tashlech scene. But the joke was always, make sure to say Tashlech at the end. Make sure, you know, because usually what happens, again, I'm being a little facetious, but, you know, you had, you had uh, I remember 1978 actually, 1978, you could look it up, Rosh Hashanah was the big, was, Rosh Hashanah was the big uh, um, playoff game against the Red Sox and the Yankees because the Yankees were 14 games b- behind and again if anybody's there they were talking about it. and they came back and Bucky Dent hit that famous home run Rosh Hashanah they, I remember that's how I found out on Tashlich so I was walking to Tashlich they talked Bucky Dent anybody here know what I'm talking about? Danny, look it up Bucky Dent 1978 so I remember right to Tashlich like you know it's like a big hang big, it's a big social scene it's a big social scene the Hainu the Nitziv says the Tziv says that the Torah is telling us v'nigdashti b'soch b'nei Yisrael dafka before the Moadim dafka before the holidays there's a mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem that means to say that a person should a person has to be extra wary and in the positive sense in the positive sense there's an extra opportunity of coming together because when Jews come together in the holidays there's a greater opportunity for Kedusha Mikra'i Kodesh Jews come together beautiful Hallel so the mitzvah of Chil Hashem is more relevant when Jews come together and the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem is more relevant when Jews come together and it's interesting to point out again I don't want to go into this in great detail but the opinion of the Baliatosis in Sanhedrin page 37a is that the opinion of the Baliatosis is that Kedusha you know when we say Kedusha in Shemona Esrei Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh that, in, that there's an v- amazing thing 
An amazing thing. The Bali Atosa says that in Eretz Yisrael, in Israel, there was a period of time that they didn't say Kedusha. They did not say Kedusha. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh in the Shemona Esrei. They didn't say Kedusha except for Shabbos and Yantif. Without going into why. Not going into the source now. But there's something about Shabbos and Yantif which can give you an enhanced sense of Kedusha. So, what have we said so far? We've mentioned the idea that, that the idea of Kohanim and then Kiddush Hashem is because the Jews are Kohanim to the world. Number one. And, the, and you have to do actions with perfection. That's the Sforno. We've mentioned the idea that the holidays can bring out the best or the worst. That's the Nitziv. An interesting point that we should think about as well is that the mitzvah of the Nikdashti, the mitzvah of the sanctity of Klal Yisrael, the mitzvah of the Nikdashti B'Soch B'nei Yisrael is enhanced when there are ten Jews, as I said before. So just like you have to give up your life if it's going to be an Aveir in front of ten Jews, so too when you're in the presence of ten Jews, the mitzvah is greater. The mitzvah is more pronounced. The mitzvah is more dramatic. The mitzvah is more, is more enhanced. So all of this is sort of like gives us a, a basic context. A basic context. But I want to go a little bit deeper. And now listen carefully because this is the essence of what I want to share with you tonight. And I, I know the time is almost up, but here's the essence. The Ramban. The Ramban says, why does the Torah, in, after mentioning Kiddush Hashem, why does the Torah immediately say, because I am the God that took you out of Mitzrayim. I'm the guy that made you holy. Why is that necessary to mention? We all know that. We all know that. So listen to the Ramban and listen to the Rambam. And I believe in the difference in their formulation, we have something very beautiful to think about. The Ramban says, Why is it mentioned that I am the God that took you out of Egypt? So says the Ramban, Tam Yichlo Kola Mitzvos. This is a this is a reason for all mitzvos. All the mitzvos are I took you out of Egypt. All the mitzvos are appropriate to sanctify God's name upon them. We're God's slaves. He took us out of Mitzrayim. And therefore, there's a mitzvah. There's a mitzvah to give up our lives. Why can God demand of us to give up our lives? In other words, the Ramban is addressing the question of who is God to demand of us to give up our lives? Don't we have any independence? What's the answer? No. We are Avadim. Avadim. Hayinu leparo b'mitzrayim. We're no longer avadim leparo. Now we are avde Hashem. Now we are avde Hashem. And because we are avde Hashem, because we are servants of God, so God can say, "You're my servants." The most fundamental relationship, in the most fundamental aspect of the relationship of an evid and adon, is I can the master can, can demand of the servant anything. He's my servant. So why does the Torah frame the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem in the context of of being, oh, I took you out of Egypt, you're my Eved. 
I demand loyalty. And you should know, Klal Yisrael, that if you are my Eved and I am your master, then I will take care of you. And you'll ask, what do you mean? If I leave this world, what's it to take care of? The answer is, there's a world beyond this world. And therefore, Kiddush Hashem, the Rambam writes in a very, very beautiful, majestic way, the Kiddush Hashem, those people that are Mekadesh Shem Shamayim, they are the greatest. They are the greatest. They, they are Ein Ma'Allah Al Ma'Allah There is no higher level because they have shown that what? That they are the Eved Par Excellence. The definition of Kiddush Hashem, the Ramban is telling us, is the manifestation of being an Eved to Hashem. And I just want to share with you one little story before we get to the Rambam. Again, to express this idea. The idea according to the, according to the Ramban. According to the Ramban. The concept is of Hamotzi Eschemer to The concept is that we are exhibiting the notion of we are avadim, we are servants to God. We are avdei Hashem. And that's what the Kaddish Baruch Hu says. When you left Mitzrayim, when he tells Moshe Rabbeinu on the mountain, by the snap, by the bush, Bohutziacha, when, you, when, I, when I take you out of Mitzrayim, you're going to be my servants. You're going to be my avadim. And as such, I can demand that of you. I might have shared this with you. Um, I shared this in the Pirkei Avashir a few, a few days ago. A few weeks ago, rather. But, but I just want to share this point again. There's a book called Forgotten Memoirs. An amazing book. The Rebbe Esther Farbstein. And she tells the, story, the true story. Simcha's Torah 1944 in Auschwitz. Simcha's Torah 1944 in Auschwitz. There were many, there were 50 young men who were being led into the gas chambers. The true story. And one of the boys realized Simcha's Torah and he, and he turns to the Chevra and he says, Today is Simcha's Torah. We don't have a Sefer Torah to dance, but we have Hashem to dance with. So we're going to dance right now. And we're going to sing. And they began to sing one of the most classic songs, but you'll see why it's so an, un, such an unbelievable song. Ashreinu matov chelkeinu. You ever know this song? Ashreinu matov. That's a classic Simcha's Torah song. That's the song. We're going to sing that song. Ashreinu matov chelkeinu. By the way, when we say that song, if you're familiar with it, where it fits into the davening, the end of that whole piece is the bracha of Baruch HaToshem Mekadesh Shimcha Barabim. We make a bracha every single day in the Karbonos, a beautiful bracha. After the brachos, before Baruch Shemar, blessed is God, Baruch HaToshem Mekadesh Shimcha Barabim, that we are, we merit, Ashreinu Matov HaKenu Barim Golelim, Umayya Fayyim Rishasim, Ashreinu Shanachim Ashkim Rishim, Erevokim Rishim, Bamayim Chayim, Shemayi Zasenura, Atu, I can't go into all do the whole text now. Lose my chance. But Baruch Hashem, Kadesh Hashem, Chabarabim. The mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem is greatly manifested through this line. So they started singing. They started singing, and one of the Nazi guards heard this, and he called them. He said, "What are you singing for?" He got very angry. So one of the guys said, "We're singing because in a few minutes we're no longer going to be in this world, and we're no we're no longer going to be in a world that's vile." that's run by animals like you, beasts like yourselves. We're going to be reunited with our parents whom you tortured. We're thankful to God how happy we are that we're going to be leaving terrible people like yourselves. The Nazi got very angry and he said, you better stop singing. 
and they just kept on singing. This is a true story. We'll see. Vitayerli beinu purify our hearts. Emes. So then the Nazi turned and goes, okay. He said, okay. He took them all, all fifty of them. He said, I'm not going to let you die so easily. And he put and he put them into a put them into a barrack. And he said, tomorrow, not the gas chambers. I'm going to arrange you'll have a slow and torturous death. And he put them into this. He put them into barracks, and they they knew that they were in for it, something unspeakably terrible. And then, the next day, a huge transport came, and a huge order came that there was tremendous amount of work that needed to be done on the front, or at various places in the Nazi war machine, and they needed any young body. And so these 50, of the 50, most of the 50 immediately joined the transport. And those that didn't join the transport managed to escape from that barrack. And they mixed themselves up with the others. And every single one survived. Every single one of them. That's how, that's how we know the story. Every single one of them survived. The mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, Rashi tells us here, is that you can't assume you're going to survive. If you assume you're going to survive, it's not a Kiddush Hashem. And the Ramban is telling us that, and though the Ramban doesn't speak at this point, that when a Jew gives up his life, he's like a perfect sacrifice, an unblemished sacrifice. What does this have to do with the sections that precede? Because the section that precedes is talking about karbonos, sacrifices. The unblemished sacrifice of the Jew who's willing to give up everything for his maker. That's the Rambam. But now I want to read to you what the Rambam says. The Rambam in Sefer HaMitzvos, and this idea uh, comes from an unbelievably fitting source. This idea comes from Rav Moshe Tversky, Zatzal Hashem Yikom Damo. Rav Moshe Tversky was one of the five Jews that were massacred in the Harnov Massacre. Ramosha Tursky was the grandson of Salvechik, an Adam Gadol, a tremendous, tremendous Jew. And one of his Talmudim wrote a book called A Malach in Our Midst. He was an amazing Jew. And his, his brothers, Mayor Tursky, is also an unbelievable tzaddik. And Ramosha Tursky used to speak about the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem a lot. And he says an amazing thing. And I want to read to you what the Ramam says. And this point that he speaks out, I think will frame the mitzvah in a very meaningful way. The Rambam, when he talks about the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, the Rambam uses this, uses this formulation of Kol Beis Yisrael. All of the Jewish house is obligated on Kiddush Hashem. The whole house of Israel. And he quotes our Pasuk, V'nikdashti. And in previous years, I've shared with you the idea that that's why that many parents would not put their kids in the Christian orphanages even though the kids might have survived because they felt that children also are obligated to give up their lives because the mitzvah is on kol beis Yisrael. Yivarech es beis Yisrael, aktanim magadolim, the young and the old. The mitzvah is not only for the gedolim, for the people above the age of our mitzvah. The Ramam says, kol beis Yisrael, the whole house of Israel. But the Ramam goes further. Not just kol beis Yisrael. The Rambam says as follows. I'm going to read to you the language of the Rambam in the Sefer HaMitzvos. In the in Mitzvah tests. Here's the language of the Rambam. Very interesting language. Very interesting language of the Rambam. The Rambam says as follows. Sefer HaMitzvos 
mitzvah test. The Rambam counted the mitzvahs in positive mitzvah number nine. It said as follows. Tzivanu l'kadish Hashem. We're obligated. And this mitzvah, listen to what the Rambam says. This mitzvah is mitzuvim l'farsem ha'emunah hazos ha'amitis. What's the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem? We're obligated to publicize the true faith. Ba'olam. And we shouldn't be afraid of any damage that might come from that. Even if somebody wants us to deny God, we should not listen to Him. We should, we'll give up our lives. Nobody should think by mistake that we've denied God. Even if we believe in God in our heart. What's the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem? It's that we have to publicize faith in God. And the Rambam says, just like Hananya Mishav Azariah, I mentioned before, and if you don't do that, and if you don't do that, if a Jew has the opportunity to do the mitzvah, like in the time of Nebuchadnezzar, and they don't, this was greatly embarrassing to the Jewish people. That nobody was doing this mitzvah. It was embarrassing for all of the Klal Yisrael. There was no one that was stepping up to the plate. Everybody was afraid of Nebuchadnezzar. And this was a tremendous stain on the Jewish people. Until Hananiah Mishav Azariah came. And Yishayahu testifies that this was greatly embarrassing. Until and Yeshayahu testified that the, that the children Dafka, the children Dafka will be the ones that will show the Jewish people. As it says, Yaakov, lo Yaakov, the Jewish people will not be embarrassed. When the, when the children, Dafka, the children, when they're willing to give up their lives, the children Dafka. So what is the Rambam saying here? So Rav Moshe Tversky says something interesting. But before I tell you what he says, I want to read to you a little quote by Rav Moshe Tversky. Amazing quote. You're going to find this interesting, almost humorous, but it's not humorous at all. Rav Moshe Tversky says, I mentioned this on Thursday night. Rav Moshe Tversky said, you know, we mentioned ten Jews. The mitzvah of ten Jews, right, ten Jews. So what happens if you have only nine Jews? And there's a whole question in halacha. Let's say, is the guy himself considered to be part of the ten? Like, is it 10 in addition to him? Or, like, you know, only Jews can ask, right? You know, but is, is it 10? Is it 11? Is it 10? So, what's the halacha? We said the Rabbim says, you're not allowed to give up your life gratuitously. So, what if one of those 10 Jews can run away? Let's say one of the 10 Jews can run away. Because if the 10 Jews don't run away, then the guy has to give up his life. And the Rabbim says, you're not allowed to give up your life gratuitously. What if the, one of the 10 Jews can run away? Do we say he should run away so that the person under threat will not have to give up his life? Regarding the person who is under mortal threat, the Rambam says explicitly that if he can, he must run away. In the opinion of the Rambam, there's no such thing as optional Mesiras Nefesh. But what about the spectators that form the quorum of ten? Do we say that if possible, one of them should run away? Interesting question, no? Interesting question. 
Does he have to run away? This question is an amazing point to ponder. It occurred to me though, this is the part that I want you to listen to. It occurred to me though, that you could put forward this line of question in the opposite direction as well. If there are only nine Jews there, and the person under threat wants the opportunity to give up his life for Kiddush Hashem, can he call out? I need a minion. I need a tenth, I need a center. I need a tenth person to complete the minion. Is it forbidden to do such a thing? Perhaps it's a mitzvah to do so. Because even though the Ramam holds that what? If you don't have to give your life, you're not allowed to, but when there are ten, you have to give your life. Can you create a situation where you're obligated to give your life? Interesting question, no? In other words, what this question really is raising is what's with the ten? What's that idea? So comes Rav Moshe Tversky's Hashem Yikom Doma Hashem Revenge's blood. Comes Rav Moshe Tversky and he says an amazing idea. And this is in contrast to the to, this is in contrast to to the Ramban. Why does the Torah say I took you out of Mitzrayim? What does that have to do with this Mitzvah Kiddush Hashem? So the Rambam quotes in the Sefer Mitzvos. The Rambam says quotes the language of the Sifra. Listen carefully. The Ramban says, Why mention Etias Mitzrayim? Because God can demand of you. Because I took you out of Mitzrayim, you're my slave, I'm the master, I can demand of you. Don't worry, I'll take care of you in the end, but I demand loyalty. That's what the Ramban says. What does the Ramban say? The Rambam says, you want to know why I have the right? You want to know why I mention Yitzias Mitzrayim right after Kiddush Hashem? Because why did I put you here in the first place? It's not about a demand. It's about an opportunity. You know, in life, we have opportunities. And then at some point, life passes us by. And if we don't cash in on the opportunities, then we will never, ever... It's not true that there will always be a second chance. There are times in life where we, did, where we don't pounce on the opportunity. It's gone forever. It's gone forever. I've heard people say to me, you know, I feel as if life is passing me by. So the Rambam says it's an amazing thing. He says that a Kodesh Baruch Hu gave the Jew a purpose in this world. The purpose in this world was... From the moment I took you out of Egypt, I took you out of Egypt for one reason. One reason alone. To sanctify my name in public. We ask the question, according to the Rambam, if a person is what? If a person doesn't have the internal fortitude and he worships idols rather than give up his life, so the halacha is he doesn't get put to death because it's not a capital crime, because under duress. So then we ask, so then if it's, un- if it's not a capital crime, why does he have to give up his life? So the answer is not because, he doesn't have to give up his life because it's a severe avera. It's not because it's a severe avera. It's because the Jew is, has one purpose in the world. We have one purpose. It's that easy. Keep it simple, stupid. Or keep it stupid, simple. I don't know how it goes. It's just one purpose. We are walking billboards for the Ribbon Shalom. We are walking billboards. And therefore, it's embarrassing, the Rambam says. And says Ramosha Tversky, that's all. It's embarrassing to call Yisrael if we, do not, if we do not plug into our purpose that there could be nobody 
in Klai Yisrael that could stand up to Devucha Netzer. The mitzvah isn't on the individual. The mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem is really what? It's on who? It's on who? It's on who? On Klai Yisrael! And therefore what? And therefore, when you have a minion of Jews, whenever you have a minion, it's called B'nai Yisrael. Whenever you have a minion of Jews, it's all of Kal Yisrael condensed into ten. V'nigdashti besoch b'nei Yisrael. The concept, don't think it's just ten Jews. Ten Jews represents the presence of the Shechina. I am with you. When you are, when you are a Rabbim, it's all of Kal Yisrael. Condensed into ten. And therefore what? And therefore a Talmud Chacham, a Torah scholar, who de facto represents Klal Yisrael's greatest, is always on the line, Kiddush Hashem, Chil Hashem. And what about the first, the most classic idea of Kiddush Hashem, which is what? That when it comes to Avodah Zorah, when it comes to idolatry, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, there are certain mitzvot that even though you're an individual, even though you're an individual, right? But the one mitzvah, we're not going to get into the other two for now because it's a little bit complicated. But the one mitzvah, idolatry, is the mitzvah of do I, do I exist or not? Am I real or not? Every Jew, no matter how low you are, every Jew at that moment, every Jew has the walking opportunity to be a representative of complete Klai Yisrael. So according to the Rambam, the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem is not so much a demand of loyalty by the master to the servant. That's the Ramban's understanding. It is plugging into the essential purpose of man. If you are if you don't, if you don't, if you're not Mikadesh Shemaim, if you profane, if you do not sanctify God's name, it is not a death penalty. It's no, it's not like the no, it's you lost your Tachlis Achaim. You lost your purpose in life. It's that's what you're here for. So therefore, isn't it interesting? Right after, right after the Torah describes for us the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, then right after Hashem says, and I want you to know, Kiddush Hashem is not only a downer. It's not only that you have to sacrifice. It's also what? You're going to have all these yontivs. And in yontiv mode, you'll be able to publicize my name in a totally different context. You'll be able to show the world what it means, the joy of being a Jew, right? And a friend of my Talmudian has a group called The Joy of Being a Jew, Joe Badge. The Joy of Being a Jew, right? That's the mitzvah of the Regalim. That's the mitzvah of the Yom Tovim. I want to leave you with this story. Leave you with one story. There are so many different aspects of Kiddush Hashem. And what we try to show in the Rambam is the Rambam's definition of Kiddush Hashem, whether it's the first definition, which is the definition of the severe averos, or the definition of the subjective, I do, I, I do this out of anger, that's a chil Hashem, or I do this, even I overcome all my taivos, right? or, it's, or it's the Talmud Chacham, according to the Rambam, it's not so much a demand of the Ribbono Sha'olam as it is the obligation of Kalal Yisrael as a community to plug into their essential purpose. It's for this reason that I brought you into the world and it's embarrassing otherwise. And it's interesting to raise the, there are a lot of technical questions that people ask in the Ramam. Let's say the one who's making you violate is not a guy. Let's say he's a Jew. Let's say he's a Jew who hates you. And he puts the gun and he says, worship, worship idols. To, according to the Rambam, does that, does that, is that, are you obligated to give up your life? Is it only Goyim? Or is it even if it's Jews? Unclear. There could be, there's a difference in halacha based on whether you go like the Ramban or the Rambam. Is it a question of, 
If it's a publicizing emuna, so then no matter who's forcing you to do, you have to publicize. If it's like I demand you to be loyal to me against the Gaim, so then maybe, maybe there are limitations. If it's a Jew, one can one can raise the question. One can raise the question. So let me leave you with this very beautiful story. The um, didn't quite finish at nine o'clock like I said I would, but okay, fine. I apologize. The uh, I'm trying. I'm trying. Originally, I entitled this year Kiddush Hashem Throughout the Ages. Kiddush Hashem in Los Angeles, and Kiddush Hashem in Yushalayim, and Kiddush Hashem in the camps. Kiddush Hashem with Rabbi Akiva. So, I heard this story many years ago. Many years ago. We define Kiddush Hashem to mean that even in places of great discomfort, I am willing, I am willing to be Hakadosh Baruch Hu's publicity agent. I'm willing to be there. I'm willing to be there. Right? Times of great personal discomfort. So there's a there's an amazing book that I often quote. It's a uh, called Hasidic Tales of the Holocaust. I'm sure you heard of it. Oh. Okay, I don't have it here. I'm going to give you a different story. Because I, don't, I don't have it. I don't have talk. Rabbits and Heller tells the story. There are these two options. That she was once on a Shabbaton. Once on a Shabbaton. And... She couldn't sleep. And so she, some public area, she was speaking to a fellow. And at some point she opened up there some pictures, she had an album, and she shows the guy, shows the fellow pictures in the album. Her son had just recently got, recently got married. Her, uh, her daughter recently got married. So the son-in-law and the father... And this fellow who's looking at these pictures, he looks at the pictures, and he looks at Rabbi Heller. This fellow is a man, a man in his early 70s or late 60s. And he says, you know, I have to tell you a story. He said, I, use, he said, I, he said, I want to tell you an amazing story. He looks at these pictures, I want to tell you an amazing story. He said, there was once a, a photographer, once a photographer, who booked a uh, he booked a, um, uh, a a ticket to go to New York and there was some conference and uh, he arranged transportation to the hotel and um, this photographer got picked the door, this photographer got picked up in the airport with all of his photographic equipment it's before Uber um, and it turns out that the fellow who picked him up was an Orthodox Jew. And it was a Friday. And they're going on the highway, and all of a sudden, the highway turns to a, turns to a parking lot. And this photographer, this photographer, um, who was Jewish, but not religious, um, was told by the driver, look, it's getting very late, and I'm a religious Jew, so if we can't get off the highway soon... Unfortunately, I'm going to just have to 
move to the side of the road and leave the car there and I don't know what's going to do with the car but I can't take you to your destination and he's like prepping him so what do you mean you can't take me I hired you this and that he said yeah but I didn't expect this and this, you know so anyway long story short they didn't get to the destination side of the road so the guy says what is the photographer he's like what, what are you going to do so, so he says I have to just park the car on the side and I'm just going to he says, but, but I can drive. I know how to drive. I'll drive. He said, I can't let you drive. You're Jewish. So he, so he says, uh, so he says, well, what's going to be my equipment? So he says, here, here are the keys. Here, you could take your equipment out. He said, but I can't help you carry it because you can't, there's no Arab. I can't, I can't, you know. So, he, the, so the photographer says, so the, the guy telling tell the story says, you know, <coughs> At this moment, when this cab driver, or this yeshiva boy who, t- who wanted to make some extra money, this moment he was probably very, very embarrassed. But at the end of the day, there was nothing he could do. But it got worse. It was a Friday, on the side of the road, and then it started raining. And you, and you had this, and this, and this photographer is carrying the equipment, and this guy, this, you know, this Orthodox Jew is like, Mortified, this older man, you know, is carrying the equipment, and the, and this younger guy is not even helping him, and the people are looking at him, and he's like, and um, and he says, and he says, that was a unbelievably challenging moment, and the reason why I know that is because I was the photographer, you know, and I was unbelievably upset at this. At this, you know, at this young guy, he said, but I was unbelievably upset at this young guy. He said, I, he said, and I was upset at him for a long time. At some later point, fifteen, twenty years later, I began to reflect upon my life and realize that you know my career is at a certain point plateau. It's not going to get better, and 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 I had dreams of being the greatest, you know, photographer. But it's I'm you know I'm class B. And I began to reorient my life, I began to think, like, what's life about? And I began to think about it in my life, who do I know, or what event stands out, of somebody who engaged in an act of incredible sincerity to their detriment, to their detriment, me too, man. Yeah, to, to, to their detriment. And I began to think about this, this guy, this kid. And he's Jewish, and I'm Jewish. And he did it for Shabbos, so maybe Shabbos is worth something. So I began to think about it, and uh, that was that began my journey. And 25 years later, I always wondered who's this, you know, whatever happened to the this photographer, to to, the, to this kid, to this driver. I never tracked him down, you know. But I have to tell you, Mrs. Heller, that I looked at these wedding pictures, and that boy in the picture looks very, very similar. <coughs> To the boy who took me on the on the on the, the, the ride, and then I looked at the father in the picture, and I realized that the father in the picture, <laughs> who was twenty five years younger, looked very much like the son. That's the guy. I said your mechutan is the guy who drove me. You know, and he's the one that caused my journey. And Mrs. Heller said, "This is an amazing story." He said that the mechutan her son-in-law's father had shared with her 
at some context that this very embarrassing story and the Mechutin said that was probably the most embarrassing moment of my life like he and he had never heard the postscript of the story which was that that moment of embarrassment at the time which was really a tremendous act of sacrifice for Shabbos had a 20 year a 25 year delayed effect of creating a Baal Tshuva <laughs> right at the moment it was extreme discomfort right Sometimes giving up your life doesn't mean you have to die. Sometimes it means you have to give up, you have to be shamed. It means you have to be embarrassed. It means that you feel mortified. You, you can't explain it. You can't defend it. It doesn't jive with Western values. You seem regressive when the world is progressive. Sometimes that's what it means. Kiddush Hashem is not only that you die for the Rebbe Kiddush Hashem means that you, that you give, that you publicize the Rebbe in whatever context you can. Hashem Yisbarach should give each and every one of us the ability, Bez Hashem Yisbarach, to be able to live lives of Kiddush Hashem, to be his publicity agent, that people should look and say, ah, oh, this is what it means to be a Jew. Hashem is proud of me. Hashem is proud of you. I want to be in also. Hashem, have a wonderful night. Call to. I ask everyone in this room, um, to consider just take a